0: The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com.
1: Hello and welcome. Who am I kidding? No one's far. There's a Euros game on. Nobody's watching. We're watching the game, you know, I know that no one's here live, but those of you listening later, hi, welcome to episode 122, I think, of the Mighty Whites podcast, uh, it be a bit weird this one because we'll be only talking about leads for roughly half of it. Uh, as always, I'm Jack, joined by KC. You alright, mate? Yeah, pretty good. I think everything fine over on your side of that very small hill that separates Ollerton and Kipoks?
0: Yeah, not too bad. In a, an update of a game that I was keeping you on top of, uh, Crystal Palace have scored a late goal against Man United to make it six-two. So, well, and uh, just, the, and the Wales game is the... trying its best to glitch out.
1: Yeah, uh, it just goes to show that uh, Casey, much like Frank Lampard, is not qualified to be the next Palace manager. Um, yeah, we'll but top oh. seven. <laughs> Someone who is qualified to be the manager, the captain, the king of England is Calvin Phillips after his performance is England beat Croatia 1-0. Um
0: Yeah. Lovely. It's great having Leeds plays in tournaments.
1: Yeah, it does make it far more interesting, doesn't it? And it's already pretty interesting to begin with. But it just it was so much it was so great to watch. It wasn't just. It wasn't just that we won, and I think deserved to win as well. By a decent, I thought it was pretty comfortable. But just watching, not just a Leeds player, but the Leeds Academy graduate, basically, be head and shoulders above everyone else on the pitch. It really was a. It, with that pride, I shouldn't have been as proud as I was because it's not like I know him or anything. But I was really that proud of him.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was really nice seeing him there, and like you say, just kind of bossing the midfield in the end. And the other thing I thought was quite nice was seeing him up the field in those sorts of areas. Because I know he, you know, when he first broke into the team, he was more of a box to box midfielder. But the last three years now, we're, we're very used to seeing him play a deep role and, and kind of moving the ball on to the likes of Click and Dallas and, and Roberts and Rodrigo. <laughs> And having them advance the ball, so it's quite nice when you see Calvin Phillips with an assist on the edge of the penalty area. Just kind of a reminder that he does have that ability as well.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't just any assist either; it was a really good one. The feet to turn inside, perfectly weighted ball. Sterling almost took too long, so the defender got a cross. But you know, I was glad to see Sterling score as well because if he gets some confidence. You know, he, he does have the ability to be absolutely brilliant. He just hasn't shown him that much this season. So hopefully that'll give him some confidence because he'd be a massive threat for England.
0: Yeah, it's one of those where I'll be very interested to see what, if any, changes are made to the side because I think the issue a lot of people had was that coming into this, you didn't have any of the Manchester United, Man City or Chelsea players featuring in the friendlies. So you've got a squad where your strongest eleven really hasn't played together all that much. So I'd be interested to see now if off the back of that performance, if Southgate will make any changes to that. You know, I I think now, once you've got a performance like that, that it would be worth at this point sticking to that and and just keeping those eleven players out. You know, the only exception I could think of would be, to be honest, even if Harry Maguire was all of a sudden fit, I probably wouldn't make that change just now. But...
1: Uh, you know, if, if you were going, a... I going say if you were going off performance, the one that stood out to me was that that like Kyle Walker didn't look particularly good in that game, and you could maybe move Trippier across and actually pick a left back.
0: Don't say something so stupid, Jack.
1: I and I know that Trippier did fine at left back, I, I, but I still don't think long term that's a good plan.
0: No, it's it's not great, I, and I think the, the problem is you, you see it, and it only has to happen a couple of times when someone like Trippier bombs on, makes the overlapping run, and then he gets it, and then the first thing he has to do is cut back onto his right foot, and it just it slows everything down. Um, you know, I know he possesses a threat from set pieces, but you know when you've got pace like that down the left-hand side, you, you do want those crosses to be, you know, those players get to the byline crosses to be hitting quicker. And that just slows everything down and allows, allows defenders to
1: reset. Yeah. Um, obviously, Phillips was man at match. Stern did well. As much as he he, look, he looked awful in the warm-up games, but I thought Tyrone Mings did really well as well, uh, which was good to see. because I. Bielsa has drilled that into me. I do like the right-foot-left-foot foot balance at centre-back now. It matters more than it should, in a way. It just makes sense. Yeah, so I think Mings, if he keeps playing like that, he'll keep his place. Which will be w- well until we go to the back three, because we, I'm, sure I'm sure he will turn it into a back three when we start playing good sides. I thought he might do against Croatia, to be honest, but they, they... Obviously, I wasn't disappointed by it because I didn't want them to be any good, but they did look a long way off what they were three years ago.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's a squad that's aged a bit as well and I think he's still very reliant on the creativity of Modric. And for the most part, I, th- I thought we did a very good job of, of keeping him off the ball in dangerous areas.
1: Yeah. Um. So, obviously, England won. It was a... Really good result. Really good start to the tournament. Big chance for Wales to break here, so you might see me and Casey looking off screen. Oh, uh, yeah. The um, obviously there's been a load of games. We're not going to go through them all because it's too late for us to bother. But out of the first round of games, and I suppose technically Finland v Russia, uh, who's stood out to you? Who's impressed you?
0: Um, I thought the Italians looked very impressive on the opening day. Now whether that was the case, that Turkey kinda of rolled over a bit quicker than than we thought. I don't know. But they did seem to run Turkey ragged and were worth the three goals. Which is quite nice because I think we're all we're all used to the opening round of tournaments being a lot of draws and a lot of teams setting up not to lose. Mm. So it's quite nice getting getting the opener with a few goals. Um Obviously, I, th- I did think England were impressive. It's a, the, the first half hour, especially. I thought we were we were very good, um, and then as we watched last night, France looked so dangerous on the break. Yeah, like, I, I mean, did, it's almost as if Kylian Mbappe is too fast for his own good.
1: Yeah, France. As I, when we when we went on Stand Your Ground, our uh, mates' podcast that we're on most weeks, uh, talking about non lead stuff, although usually making it about leads anyway. Uh, I tried so hard to figure out a way to not just say France are going to win it and ended up just having to say France. And then I watched France play Germany and not really get out of second gear and win comfortably. Very scary proposition of France.
0: Yeah, and I think it's been talked about everywhere that you look at that squad, it has a ridiculous quality of depth. You, you know, you look at the strength of their under twenty-one side and the players they can choose not to take to a major tournament is is insane. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's it's very hard to look past them and, and starting the tournament off with a one-nil win against against Germany is uh, is a great start for any team.
1: Yeah, it's like obviously Portugal ended up winning comfortably against Hungary. But it, all the goals were in the last ten minutes, and Hungary had that one disallowed, which was offside. But you know, still, it showed that they were they could be vulnerable. I don't. I think that Italy, Italy's performance was the most impressive one, but France is the one that scares me. I uh, I don't really see. I don't see anyone beating France, you know, unless Calvin Phillips manages to have a real world either game when we have to play him, because that's the only way.
0: Yeah, by um, then by then Calvin Phillips would be playing this 10 yeah the creative uh, um, outlet for England
1: yeah it was Um, it's it's just it's so nice having like all this football on every day it just
0: early I, afternoon I, as well midday yeah. when you're an, un, an almost unemployed bum like I am as well having football on at 2 o'clock in the afternoon really lifts your spirits a little bit gives me a glimmer
1: of hope You see, I'm not so lucky on that front, but, you know, I can at least watch it while I'm working. Although the stream tends to end up about two minutes behind either on the iPlayer or the actual ITV site. Um, We'd be remiss not to talk about the thing that this entire tournament will probably end up being remembered for. Uh, Denmark, Finland, uh, Christian Eriksson collapsed with about five minutes left in the first half. Cardiac arrest had to be revived on the pitch. Uh, there's not a great deal to add. We've talked about it elsewhere. Everyone's talked about it. It was just utterly horrifying.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those things that I really wish I could unsee now. Mm. The, 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 there was a point where I essentially thought live on TV I'd, I'd, I'd seen a man die. And, and I'm not talking about the part when he's been given the rest of it. It's just watching him collapse. It's that moment. Yeah. Um you know, the the one thing you've got to commend is is the action of uh it was Anthony Taylor the referee, wasn't it, for this one who I think yeah. very quickly called on the the physios, they got the and they got the medical professionals on very quickly. Um a fair play to the Denmark team as well for kind of making a ring around him to, to block the views of the, the cameras and the fans and um yeah, just trying to sort of cover the horrific moment, because that you know that must be so hard when you stood so close to something like that, and you know you got most of the players stood with the back to it, and I, and I still think you, you if you know what's going on two feet behind you, essentially, it's um, it's gotta be horrific.
1: Yeah, it was. That's exactly what I was when I watched it. I mean, I actually, am I did switch it off um, at one point, just switched it to a different channel. Because, I, I, as I say, the specific camera decisions and stuff—that is whether's operating the UEFA feed or whether's directing it—and they do want to be ashamed of themselves. But why the BBC coverage didn't just cut back to the studio is absolutely beyond me. Because they do have the button to do that, and you know it's not because it isn't. Oh, they wanted the viewing figures and stuff like that. Because it doesn't. That's not how it, the BBC works. Uh, they don't make any more money when it's like that, so there's no real reason to. But,
0: yeah, or even like like, <sighs> yeah.
1: If if it would have cut to Oh, one. one, is it one now? It is. Alan Ramsey yeah, it was, front. Ramsey has missed two sitters as just scored. It was a really good ball from midfield, but we'll talk about that in a sec.
0: Um. Yeah. If if they'd have cut to, you know, if if the UEFA fee would have cut to. You know, wide-angle shot of the lens or a hel- uh, sorry if the stadium or uh, like a helicopter just kind of just circling the stadium. You don't understand if they stick with the commentary team, but I think after a couple of minutes of that, BBC really needed to, to go back to the studio. Yeah. Uh, cause that's, uh, I, I couldn't tell you how long it was. It felt like a good 20 minutes of, of that going on. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know if it was that long in the end, but
1: I don't know how long it was, but I know that I watched it for a while and then turned it off. And I went on Twitter, you know, a few minutes later, and it was my timeline was just people saying, "You need to, you know, cut the feed, go back to studio." Uh, so like, it was um, it was an awful thing to see. But it does appear. While i there's no confirmation yet. I I would personally assume that it's unlikely it's going to play again. But it does appear that he's gonna be alright. And that's the that's the main thing.
0: Yeah, all all reports are that he is you know, at least talking is you know, is I don't want to say up and about. Um but you know, is he's kind of acting himself anyway, there doesn't seem to be any any damage done to him. In, in terms, you know, mental, uh, mentally, you know, I, I think by the sounds of things, it was there was CPR going on for a bit, and then I think I read it was the first defibrillator shock that that revived him. Yeah. So fortunately, that kind of, will have sped up the process. So, yeah, hopefully, that you know, they, they figure out what it was, what's caused it, and then, you know, for, for him at this point in his career, 29 years old, he's had a very good career. Um Unless he happened to be, you know, I don't think there is any guarantee at this point that he could be that that would never happen to him again. But I'd be very concerned if he if he decided to risk it to keep on playing.
1: Yeah, I mean there are examples like Daily Blind was saying before the Holland game, like he Netherlands. I need to get out of the habit of saying Holland because Holland isn't actually the same thing. (laughs) Um, he has he had heart issues and passed out a couple of times and you know he has the all clear he's had like he's had i think a like a little pacemaker attachment and things like that and he is fine to keep playing but he said that it was very hard for him to play because he just kept thinking what if that's going to happen to me Hmm. Uh, so like there is a chance i suppose that he could play again but I doubt it. I would think if if, if if it was someone who was like twenty or twenty one, I'd think maybe they'll risk it because it's yeah, a it's shot a- at a big career and stuff. But as much as this isn't the important thing, you no, know, Christian Eriksen is a multimillionaire who's made his money. So like, if it, him being there for his family is the most important thing, he's already set him for life. So I I can't see him risking it. But uh-huh. you know, he will love football, so there will be a voice in his head that wants to.
0: And even more on a base level, you know, he's a man with a family. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. You know, I, I really hope they kind of get to the bottom of it and, and, and can figure out what's caused it at least. Cause I, I, I think even if there's nothing you can do about it, I think, I think it'd be one of those things that you just want to know what's caused it and, and what's happened. And like I say, at least then he can kind of move forward. But, you know, at least it, it's you know he is awake and conscious and and talking. Yeah. Um,
1: for what it's worth, half half time in the Wales game, they're one 0 up. They've deserved to be one 0 up as well. They've been pretty good here. They've definitely been better side against Turkey. Really good goal from Lamsay.
0: Yeah, and you you do look at some of the quality in that that Wales team. Um, and I thought I, I thought Dan James looked really good. In the game against Switzerland, and I think and I think he is an excellent outball for them at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you've got the, the quality of Ramsey and Bale, but getting themselves in front now—that you'd like to think they could—they should hold this at least.
1: Yeah, well, we'll switch gears and talk about Leeds for a bit. I haven't actually made many notes for who we've been linked with in terms of the first team wingers because, it, because it's the everyone. Wingers. It's all of them, and we have spoke about most of them over the last few weeks because it's still the same names being recycled, you know. Other than there's been linked with signing Marcelo from Real Madrid, which might be the most mental one I've seen. Uh, do you not think he would fit a be team? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> like the, the story we put out about it on for it altogether was Ali signing Marcelo. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, uh, the one thing I think I, I've said in in the it, with the through altogether team was that most of the the links I've seen so far have either been fairly underwhelmed by, or I've, I've just found them a bit odd because it seems there does seem to be a lot of wingers in there, which I, I don't really see as unless someone. You know, so someone that's at the top of Arthur's list comes available for a decent price. I'd be surprised to see come in just because I, I think you, we're not getting better than Rafinha. I don't think, certainly not for the value. No. And as you know, I do. I think Jack Harrison is an excellent fit for the team at the moment. So unless you're getting someone better than him, um, and I don't think we will for the for the price that we're going to be paying for Jack Harrison.
1: No, I don't think we will either. I um the only way I can see a signing a winger is I can see us signing a, sign a right footed one. Just because all the options are left footed. But um I think if we do sign a winger it'll probably mean Paveda goes out on loan. Which which he probably needs. Yeah. Because I, I, think... I don't think I don't think we're gonna offload Costa. I, I think it's one of them weird ones where I think he's been slightly too useful for us to just cut. He's been, well, in fact, more than slightly. He has been too useful for us to just be like, bin him off. But no one's going to make an offer good enough for it to be worth us selling him either, because he hasn't impressed that much. So I think that we're just going to end up with Costa on the bench all season. So, yeah, I think Perveda might end up out on loan or something. Uh, One thing that is a bit more solid than the first team targets is the under twenty three targets. Only one of these can we even talk about much at all. And that, I'll be honest, I've only seen some videos on Twitter. Uh, But the first two, James DeBio, who is a young, like England, he's, he's, I think he might have turned, I think he's turned 16 now, but he was an England under-15 international at Watford. Uh, just young defender. He was linked with everyone, but it sounds like Leeds have won because he sees a first-team path at Leeds. I don't
0: know what it is about the, the, the picture, the Watford, the picture of him in the Watford kit that I've seen, but he looks like he's straight from a FIFA game. Like I, I don't know what it is. He looks animated. Yeah. I don't think he's real. Well, same, he, he is same,
1: basically a regen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they're all regents at our age <laughs> um yeah good it's nice to see we're going after more quality young players to add to the quality young players that we already have
1: yeah like let's i'm, I'm kind of being disingenuous by calling that under 23 recruitment that's under eighteen recruitment yeah but which was quite impressive last summer like um you know there, there was a couple of kids from liverpool that came in that did all right I mean Max Dean was under 18s it's just that he ended up really kicking on And uh, Charlie Allen's under 18s as well so and another one will be like that uh, Daryl Ombang who is uh, Bradford City's under 18s keeper but he's like England under 16 goalkeeper Um, it sounds it's like almost nailed on that we're signing him by the sounds of it as well Uh, I looked into it because I did actually manage to find some stuff on him Obviously, he was quite highly rated, being involved in England's set-up, But he's from Beeston.
0: Yeah, it's you know it's quite nice to. I I understand there there is always going to be people who slip through the nets when you're scouting five year olds for your academy, but yeah, um, you know it's nice that he, one he's got himself into a good position, and that we still have you know the pulling power to to, to basically go to Bradford and go. Uh, so we'll have that
1: one. Yeah, and obviously, and I still, we both have been very much on the record that we think it's awful, but because of the triple P, it will cost us sod all. Yeah, sorry. You know, it's not fair at all. We have to take advantage of it now that we're the ones in the ascendancy. It happened to us a load of times, but it's not fair. Uh, although, one thing, he is from Beeston, but he's not actually a Leeds fan. He's a Man City fan. But Man City's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the acceptable Manchester. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the one that is under under-23s and is a bit more interesting, Amari Miller from Birmingham City. Uh, he's eighteen years old. Um, he played like five of the last six games at the back end of the season in the Championship. Starting two, he started the last two after they were confirmed safe. Um, I, I did. I obviously I didn't see much of it, but from the videos and the brief Twitter thread that uh, Focus on Leeds did, you know, he had some nice moments and stuff. He didn't do anything particularly stand out. But he looked tidy enough. And for someone who is going to be, he's not going to be playing in first team. He's going to come in and play under 23's football. He looks like he's a good player at that level. And obviously, he's rated highly enough at Birmingham to throw him in. Uh, he, won't, he won't play for us, but maybe he will in two years.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine if you leave Bowie, you, you'd be annoyed.
1: Yeah, okay, because they have offered him, like, senior pro terms and stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, the, you know, Lee Bowie went in there the end of the season and has done a fairly decent job getting him away from the, the relegation scrap. So it must have been a point where he's identified him and thought he's won for the next couple of years. Mm. And again, the Premier League has turned up and gone, yeah, about that.
1: Yeah, nah, mate.
0: <laughs> we all have this one. We'll take it from here, Lee. Come on.
1: Yeah, like, obviously, we haven't seen much of him, but it, it's one of those things now, because of how, how good our under-23s are to watch, I get quite excited when I hear his linked to an under-23. Because, you're
0: thinking, God, they must be good.
1: Yeah, well, the problem is, because, like, Gelart, and Greenwood and Somerville look so good, you do find yourself thinking, "Oh, are they all going to be like this?" And I mean, of course they're not, but it could. You know, you you want them to be. It gives you that sense of hope, something to hope for. Um, someone who I did have lots of hope of playing plenty of first team football at Leeds United and don't anymore. Ryan edmondson has gone on loan to Fleetwood. That season.
0: Yeah, he's he's off again. You know, I mean, he's, he, I like, he's, I like seven, he's seventeen years old now. He <laughs> he needs to be getting a real career or something.
1: Uh, I um, I'd like him to score a load of goals there. It, it, once we now that we've gone up, the chances of him breaking through at Leeds are pretty slim. Well, on like very slim. But if he could go, I mean, he played. 20 games for Northampton he only scored a couple of goals but he was at least playing consistency in the football so hopefully this can be the season when he like really breaks out and scores a few and uh, I mean he's got a manager there that has got strikers scoring plenty of goals before in Simon Grayson so yeah hopefully he does well
0: yeah I, I, to be honest until he made that move I didn't realise that's where Grayson was now hmm. Um, he must be racking up the clubs at this point
1: yeah and th- he left Yorkshire first one yeah t- t-
0: must be tough to be honest I think I, if i had been Simon Grayson after that Sunderland experience I don't know if I'd ever gone back into management again I yeah, think I'd it- have been too
1: scared <laughs> yeah it didn't look fun Um the only other like they haven't gone out yet it sounds like Robbie Gotts is going to get offered a new contract and then go out and loan again Uh there was some similar noises being made about McAlmont.
0: I mean, if nothing else, certainly McCalmont. I know I know Gots had a decent season, but I, I think of the players that went out and loan, McCalmont was the success story out of any of them.
1: Yeah, he had an excellent I mean he he put he got a second senior captain for Northern Ireland at the end of the Yeah. Summer?
0: Um so you'd think if nothing else that there seems to be value in them in as much as I would think we are probably gonna sell them on in a couple of years' time. And then yeah. you'd hope that the value is that they go to League One or to the Championship, have a really good season, and then get sold again for £50 million, and we go, yeah, we'll take 10% of that. Yeah. Although, if
1: they end up getting sold for £50 million, that means we've messed up.
0: I, I mean, I did say ideal scenario. Yeah.
1: Um, Manjivo, if who's going to turn him into a £50 million player if not Marcelo Bielsa?
0: Simon Grayson.
1: Ah, yeah, fair point. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, Beckford was worth £50 million by the end of that. At least to Leeds. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, also the
0: value of his relationship with <laughs> Leeds fans.
1: Yeah, so... uh The thing that everyone was paying attention to this morning, fixtures are out, playing everyone twice, which is a turn-up.
0: Play everyone twice. Ooh, yeah. Um, Very very niche there.
1: Not that niche, I think everyone knows him. Uh, But a hell of a way to open the... What, the nacho man? (laughs) A hell of a way to open the season, scum away.
0: Yeah, trip to the, the Salford Red Devils given uh, the extra week to allow the pitch to, to bed in
1: yeah I'm just uh, obviously a very, I think that they'll still do away season t- will they do away season tickets if it can get like surely surely will it'll be open by then
0: Uh who knows the one thing I'm kind of impressed by when you look at the fixture list is that we don't have a Tuesday game
1: until, until Palace isn't it
0: yeah the end of November
1: yeah, because I uh, I've stuck a few requests in at work, and I think that was the first home one. I didn't so, book. Me- I didn't book many of the away ones off because I know I can't get to many. I of course did book off the opening game because with there being no away games last season, outside of away season tickets, I can't see him saying in order to get tickets for this game, you had to attend X number of away games in the twenty nineteen twenty season uh, championship season. Yeah. I mean, they could do that, and I I won't be angry if they do, to be honest, I I don't mind the rewarding loyalty thing, but there is a chance that it will just be season ticket holders this day, off you go, and that website's queue is going to be horrendous. (laughs) But at least we might get sort of, I know for an FA Cup game we'd get like 9,000 tickets or something daft, but for a Premier League game we should still get sort of six and a half, shouldn't we?
0: Yeah, and there's still a few games in there where you'd, where you'd imagine we'll we'll get decent allocation. I mean, given the state of things at Newcastle, I, I dare say we'll be we should be able to get tickets for for St James's Park and um, it's, you know, the ones you, you do look at, which would be a mad scrap. I think will be still be Brentford, obviously oh, yeah. Man United. Man United away is going to be insane.
1: Brentford it's final been. day of the season as well, so like. If there's something at stake,
0: know. <laughs> I mean, I think those final three games of the season were up against all relegation candidates, Brentford, Brighton and Arsenal,
1: yeah, well, you know Arsenal going in going after Ben White, so <laughs> Brighton will yeah. not sell him to a direct rival. We know that <laughs> uh it's when you look for it, obviously fixtures are fixtures, you have to play everyone and We had our best run of form when we had what on paper was our toughest run this season. But still, December looks hard.
0: Yeah, it wasn't the the friendliest looking month, was it?
1: Obviously, Brentford at home on the fourth. Fair enough. You'd think we should win that. But then Chelsea away, Man City away, Arsenal at home, Liverpool away or back-to-back. I'll tell you what, if if I can pick one away game to go to, Liverpool away on Boxing Day, I fancy that.
0: Yeah, that'd be a nice trip. I think the only time I've been
1: there... say, it won't be that nice a trip for you, because you're going to have to drive early morning on Boxing Day.
0: <laughs> I'm not, not. That, not that early morning.
1: Depa- so, no, that's, that's... Liverpool. That's a, that's a midday kickoff.
0: <laughs> yeah, but... I mean, leave at nine.
1: Yeah. We've done early mornings. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, hardly going to Yeovil on these yeah. days, is it?
0: Uh, th- th- there's a few in there. Um somewhere I quite like to go. I wouldn't mind going to Wolves. It's, just, it's a place I've never been before. Yeah, go to
1: is Wolves away and still side on?
0: I don't know.
1: So I think it is, which I always I always find it weird when away fans are side on. And I know that Well, I was oh, gonna what? say they are at Ellen Road, but it's been that long, who knows where they're gonna be now. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, still...
0: <laughs> I mean the fans I feel most sorry for at the moment are Wales fans who seem to be put about as far away from the pitch as possible for these two games in Azerbaijan.
1: Yeah.
0: And seem and when they scored the equaliser against Switzerland, it was at the opposite end of the ground as well. There so were some think people there was not a...
1: se- There was some not celebrating because they didn't know it had gone in.
0: Oh uh, they should have supplied opera goggles or something just to just to give them a chance.
1: Yeah. Um so, yeah, I, there hasn't actually been... I haven't had an email or anything saying that they have officially lulled our season tickets over for a season. I mean, they, they, I've had emails saying that's what we're going to do when they were talking to the trust and stuff. But I haven't had the one that says, yes, these tickets are good for the 21-22 season. So I wonder if they might send out new cards. I don't know why they'd bother, but...
0: Yeah, possibly. Um Yeah, I don't know. It's it's quite nice having a summer so far. It's been it's been quiet, but not like the 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 Neil Warnock summer quiet when you're just refreshing, going, "Why the hell are we not signing anyone?" Yeah, it's just no. We've got a good squad, and the auros are on, so it's fine. We'll just we'll just
1: chill out. Yeah, it's much easier to be calm about the squad when you like almost everyone (laughs) in it.
0: And your favourite isn't the one that gets sold, so we could sign three others. Yeah. Adam, poor Adam Clayton.
1: Could still do a job. Hashtag Clayton.
0: <laughs> Hashtag Clayton is gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, outside of the... I want to say cryptic. It, don't, it wasn't cryptic, just the Jack Harrison video. Yeah. Which, which was odd, because we, I think we all assumed, like, later that day it would be Jack Harrison Signs
1: because that is just because that's the way they normally do it like until they released that video i assumed it was going to be on july 1st yeah and that's that's now what i still think it would be but when they released that video i did think that they might be going to announce it uh one person who has signed it who has signed up tyler roberts has signed a new deal yes to
0: 2024 to, to i'm gonna say mixed reactions.
1: I think he ju- he won it around enough that I don't think anyone was like fuming with it, but they, obviously uh, had,
0: uh, you clearly weren't looking hard enough on Twitter, ah, or, enough. Or, or at all.
1: Yeah, I am. Um, I was pleased to see him sign a new deal. To be honest, uh, his end product still isn't there. He does need to make better decisions in the final third, but I think that we do still forget how young he is.
0: Yeah, he's still 22 and he's he, unfortunately someone that struggled with a couple of injuries. Um, but the, the one thing I will say is with most managers, there's always typically, there's normally a player or two where you would look at and think, why why do you persist on playing him? But whereas with that I have this level of trust to go, I understand that Roberts is inconsistent at times. At least he stopped trying to do a back heel every other touch. Yeah, but,
1: he did get I, a bit like me with nutmegs when I was eleven.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but but I do have a level of trust in Bielsa to to because of how good he's been to go, you know what? He clearly sees something in him. I'm fine with him playing.
1: Yeah, because that is one of the things with Bielsa, you keep thinking well, he keeps playing him. So he must, at the very least, think that there is a Premier League player there. And I think he has shown enough glimpses that there's the talent there to be a Premier League player. But I also also wonder if, like, he's playing in these murder ball games and looking really good. If I can just get that guy on the pitch.
0: I feel like, especially because it's... Because those games are eighteen yard box to eighteen yard box, aren't they? So that it's a smaller pitch, and I wonder if on that smaller pitch, he has less time on the ball to think. And I wonder if, as I wonder if he plays instinctively really well under that sort of pressure.
1: Yeah, because there is players like, like I'd say Raheem Sterling's to play like that.
0: Yeah, I'd, when he you see time, if you see Raheem Sterling with five yards ahead of him, you think, oh god, what's he going to do? but if he's got two defenders in front of him I sort of back him to beat them
1: yeah it's and it's a
0: very odd situation but and the other thing with Roberts is if there's anyone who's going to bring him on and I know Pete and I've said before that if you kind of go by the football manager logic of you know, our players kind of peak around 24
1: 25 <laughs> you,
0: but then you you look at the way Bielsa has brought on that mid-table championship team and most of those players, and has turned them all into decent Premier League players. So, you know what, I've I've got full faith in Bielsa to basically turn Tyler Roberts into Kylian Mbappe.
1: Yeah, and the the other part is, for someone who can be sort of a backup option at striker... A admittedly low down backup option on the wing now because we've got so many options, but as an eight or a ten, someone to do that job and who will be happy to be on the bench, not happy as in not but, because obviously he's started quite a lot of games, but I think he, I think Tyler Ross probably knows if everything's going perfectly is not in the lineup.
0: Well, I mean, currently his competition is Spanish international Rodrigo. Yeah, and, you, you know, it's, and Poland, it's one of those Poland, things.
1: Interna- Poland, international, Mateusz Klick.
0: Yeah, and man. you would,
1: f- and you think it's quite likely that we're probably going to sign a centre mid. Yeah, and Stuart it, Dallas, who of course won Player of the Year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it, there's a lot of competition in that area, and I've said before I would like to see Roberts play more as a striker, but. At the same time, especially for this season, you're not dropping Bamford anytime soon, are you? To to give him no. that run.
1: But, like, so I think someone to be at that level and be fairly comfortable being on the bench and coming in and out. Now that we're in the Premier League, it sounds weird, but you're talking about a minimum fifteen million pound to get a, another player to do that job. You know, I mean, obviously, there is the argument of or oh, just throw in Gellhart. Which I can understand as an argument because I do think Gelhart looks that good. Uh, it's hard to quantify under twenty-three players to first team because it's such a different level. But I do watch Gelhart and think he there must be something. I am hoping that he plays a lot in pre-season so we can have a look.
0: And, that, and, and what you said before about the price of of getting a replacement in—that's the same reason I am not too fussed about us getting a, a backup winger in, like. Because, you know, one, we're getting a good deal for, for Jack Harrison. But outside of that, you know, if Jack Harrison was priced on how he played this season, I think you're looking in the 20s. Oh, yeah,
1: definitely. But,
0: you know, so there's no point in spending that money for someone to just prop up the bench. You know, yeah. you'd rather spend, I'd rather spend the 20, 30 million for someone that's going to... Be ahead of them, which I wouldn't do because I think because I love Jack Harrison.
1: Yeah, well, he's fast. Be- he has sort of become pretty much our favourite player, Annie Harrison.
0: Yes, yes, he yeah. has. <laughs> um,
1: wait, I think that that'll do us for this one. It was a bit of a catch-up one. We will. I honestly don't know what our plan's going to be because next week I was meant to be working nights, but now it sounds like I aren't. So that'll mean I'm working in the evening, which for doing the podcast is actually more difficult. Uh, and there's also little things like can't do Tuesday because England game. Yeah,
0: uh, I, I mean, that, not not that I want to send people in other directions, but there are other podcasts available.
1: Yeah, and a lot, and most of them are better than us. Most. yeah. So, I mean, keep
0: keep listening to ours, but <laughs> but the Phil Hay show is really good.
1: Yeah. Oh, I hope we get Phil back soon. I miss Phil. Wait, I miss um, Phil.
0: It's weird because I still now, I'm still at the point where if I wake up on a morning and watch to see if there's any transfer news, I do start typing in Phil Hay. Yeah. Like, no, he's on break. Where's Amitai? Yeah.
1: Well, that was a huge let-off for Wales there against Turkey and we will uh, get back to watching that with sound on. So that'll do us for episode 122 of My Whites Podcast. It's great being in a tournament. I, I aren't fussed for international football until the to- until the tournament starts and then I all kinds of give a shit.
0: It's- I I'm loving it because this is the first tournament I've been in the country for since the 2012 Euros. Where Andy Carroll nearly led us to glory or something.
1: Well, I mean he he did he did quite well against Sweden.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I might have been talking about.
1: Yeah so uh yeah we're on twitter at mighty whites pod um the stuff we write goes up on through it all together which is at thiu. it's all lufc and through it all together at uh as I, said, I don't know when we'll be back it shouldn't be that long but we might be a little bit sporadic over summer due to uh, like work schedules are a real pain in the ass and i also have a 10 week old which is also a pain in the ass in terms of a podcast it's also really good but in terms of the podcast it's a pain in the ass
0: and we like to play golf as well.
1: Yeah, and I, yeah, I do like playing golf. Although doing so has led me to not be able to walk for the last couple of days.
0: Yeah, you're letting us down for football tonight.
1: Yeah, no fun. So yeah, that'll do us. I've been Jack see you.
0: I've been mean KC, have a good
1: one. In a bit.